Now today we are continuing in carrying a series of events to a final conclusion from the Scripture. We have talked about the resurrection of the Lord. We have talked about the ascension of the Lord. We've talked about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have talked about the rapture, when the dead in Christ will be called to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. At this present time, we have in Dr. Jim Hastings' Bible study class teaching in great details many of the things that, that help us to understand better kind of the overall picture of what's going to be like before Jesus comes and then what will happen. Time does not allow that kind of teaching here in the pulpit on the brief time I have and the call that I have on my life, and that is to prepare people for that moment that nobody knows when it's going to be. That you know that you know, whatever God chooses, I am ready to be with the Lord forever and forever. And I have shared the Lord with the people I love and the people that I go to school with or work with or neighbor. And I have done everything I can to tell people God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. He wants to live with you for all of eternity. If you're willing to break out of the majority mold and become one of the few, knowing that narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there are that find it. But that person does not come in to the church and go out of the church and say, nobody ever told me any of that. And that's what is going on in our world today. So many today have never heard how much God loves them. They've never heard why Jesus came to the earth. They still believe that Jesus and Christianity is just one of the many religions of the world where a good man came and set an example and died on the cross, but that's kind of it. End of story, and then compare it to everything else. They don't understand that the Word became flesh, that God became a human being and lived among men and, made, and came up with a way that whosoever will could be saved, be born again, and could live with Him forever and ever. And their life could be changed right here. So we've gone through a lot of that. But the Bible says, to bring us to this morning, that when the Lord comes back again, there will be a series of events. There'll be a tribulation period, a thousand years. I'm not going in on the details on that this morning. I'd be glad to talk to you uh, privately or individually. But today, what I want to talk to you about is what then happens. The Bible clearly teaches that there will be, after the Lord comes, two judgments. There will be one judgment that we talked about last week, which is a judgment for the believers. That's when all of those that have been blessed with being adopted in the family because they acknowledged their sin, they didn't understand all of the ways that God works, but by faith they asked Jesus into their life. He came to live in their life through the Holy Spirit, and when that happened, they began to have an opportunity to impact and be living proof of a loving God to a watching world, which is our mission statement at Sagemont. We talked about that. Today, we're moving into the judgments. This morning, I want to speak to you about what the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. 
Last week, the judgment seat of Christ. That was for the believer. Again, if you were not here, that's when God's children will be rewarded based on how they spent their time, their talents, and their substance, and their spiritual gift that God had given them to use for his glory until he comes to get them, and there will be a judgment for the believers. It will not be as to where they spend eternity. It will be a judgment of rewards. Right. You can pick that, that uh, message up in the bookstore if you would like to hear it. Now, today, the Bible says there is a second judgment. The dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us that are alive and remain that know the Lord will go to meet the Lord in the air. But there's going to be another judgment. That judgment is referred to as the great white throne judgment. At that judgment, which I will talk about in just a few moments, I will talk about something that most churches don't talk about any longer. I'm fixing to preach a message where there'll probably be some get up and leave somewhere in the message because of the conviction that comes and the anger that comes when people hear the truth that one day every person will give an account of themselves to God. And as we bring this message, I want you to listen intently. This is not a a made-up thought that, well, if I was God, this is what I would do. It is very clear in the Scripture. Every single person that rejects Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will stand before Jesus who will judge them as to why his sacrificial death on the cross for their sin was not adequate for them to receive. And it will be at that moment you can give all your excuses, but not to the preacher, not to your wife or your husband, not to your children or grandchildren, not to your best friend, but to him. As to, and you must have an excuse that God the Father will accept as to why his choice of the gift of salvation was unacceptable to you. Why did you reject my only begotten son? That will be the question. It won't be on how much you drank, how much you ran around, how much you cussed, how much you lied, how much you cheated, how much money you beat people out of. That will not be the issue. The issue will be why did you reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Please understand what we're fixing to talk about. From Revelations chapter 20, I want you to go there. Before I show you on the screen from the 11th through the 15th verse, I want to take you back to the 10th verse, and I want you to see some that verse before we get into to 11 through 15 from the 20th chapter of the Revelation. It is talked about the tribulation and the thousand years that we mentioned a while ago. And look at verse 10. And the devil that deceived them, who's them? Those of you that reject Jesus. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and forever. Before I read my text, Listen to what I just read. Not only will the devil be there, but the false prophets will be there. Those that said there is no heaven, there is no hell. 
Those that say there's many ways up the mountain and everybody's just on a different path. Those that deceived because there were itching ears that wanted to hear something that was not truth and were willing to live and die by that falseness. That's a false prophet. A, false pro a true prophet, God speaks to them through their ear and from their heart and from their mouth goes, thus saith the Lord. If God says it, that settles it. Right. Okay? Doesn't matter what I think. Doesn't matter what you think. I get real scared when people come ask me, Preacher, what do you think about? What difference does it make? It doesn't matter what I think about anything. What matters is this. Now, you ready to hear it? John is on the Isle of Patmos, the beloved John, the Gospel of John. He is on that Isle of Exile for life. He is the man that God chooses to write the Revelation, the book of the Revelation which ended up being the last of the 66 books of the Bible. He is there, and he has a vision. God sees John as a man that has proven himself to be faithful. He knew he would write down what he told him to write down because so much would be depending upon it. So he is in exile on the Isle of Patmos, water around him like an Alcatraz in California, but water is everywhere, and here's what he writes. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The devil is already there. The false prophets are there that had deceived the people that trusted them. They will already be there. And here will come the hordes of people that came maybe to religious meetings and left not knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. The frightening determination of God's wrath on those that reject Jesus it's called the great white throne judgment. The fear of fears to the lost world is that Jesus rose from the grave. Because if he rose from the grave, he's who he said he was. If he's who he said he was, then everything the Bible says about heaven and hell is absolute truth. Everything the Bible says about the, the coming of the Lord is absolutely true. Everything that he said is true because he's the son of God. He is the word that has become flesh. This great white throne judgment is a time when every man, woman, boy, and girl, every child that's reached the age of accountability, what do you mean by that preacher? Where they know there's a God and they willfully sin against that God. That is the age of accountability. When that child knows that God exists, they believe that and they see that, but they choose to reject it. That's what we call the age of accountability. 
Any person that has said no to the love of God will be at that judgment. Now, let me say to you, there will be no plea bargaining here for those of you that know the legal systems. I want you to know there will be no mistrials. There will be one trial, there will be one judge, there will be no jury, and there will be one candidate. We won't appear by couples. We won't appear by families. We won't appear by nations. There'll be one God, one person, and one issue dealt with. There will be no, I claim the Fifth Amendment. You will answer the judge. Now, I want you to notice from the Scripture so that you understand that some of the things I say, I'm based on Scripture without quoting the Scripture, but so let me quote the Scripture where I think it's very important. John 5, says, For the Father judges no man, but has committed all the judgment to his Son. Even God the Father, you can't appeal to him. He said, My Son will judge you. He's the one that came. He's the one that lived without sin. He's the one that was crucified. He's the one that rose from the grave. He's the one that came back to get you, and he's the judge. And there'll be no election. There'll be no campaigning. You know, I'd say, I want to trial down the hallway. No, you will be before that judge. First time he came, you remember he was in swaddling clothes. This time he'll be in his judicial robe of heaven. The first time he came to a manger, this time he's coming to a throne. First time he came to wear a crown of thorns, this time he'll wear the royal crown of heaven. First time he came to hold the shepherd's staff, this time he'll hold the judge's gavel. First time he came as a lamb to be slaughtered, he's coming back as the Lion of Judah. There'll be no more, no more of putting down Jesus the first time he came as a Savior. This time he comes as a judge. He will judge all that have rejected him. All. Now, notice the people that will participate. The Bible talks about the dead in, in Revelation 20, verses 5, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has a part in the first resurrection. On such a second death has no power. What is the first resurrection? The second coming of Jesus, the rapture of the church. We're not in this. We're not going to appear there. That's been done. Our sins have been put under the blood of Jesus. We weren't better than anybody, but we were willing to humble ourselves and let Jesus wash our our sins away and pay for our sins on the cross. Very important that we all understand that. Blessed and holy is he that's part of the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. There's two resurrections, the dead in Christ and the dead that are not saved. And again, if I had time, I would give you the detail, but that's not important in this message. It is important that you understand that the small and great will stand before God. You know, there's a lot of people because of who they were born to, born with a silver spoon in their mouth, they can buy their way out of every deal. I know so and so. That's the reason we always run around telling everybody how many friends we got. You know, somebody talk about, well, I got a good friend, you know, plays for the Astros. I got a good friend, you know, he's down in City Hall. I got a good friend, he's over there. We don't have that many good friends. You can probably count that many good friends, okay? But I'll tell you, we have one that sticks closer than a brother. 
His name is Jesus. You don't want to know any of us. You don't want to know the preacher, the priest, or even the pope. You'll want to know Jesus because he's the one that's in charge of this deal. And by the way, as millions gather to see the Pope, billions will stand before the Lord one day. Just keep that in mind. He's still number one, Jesus, the Son of God. Now, everybody's going to be represented, okay? And we will stand before not the judge and jury, I mean, not the jury, but the judge. And the convicted stand there and listen to the sentence. The sentencing, that's the part, the most emotional part for me. I've been in the courtroom at sometimes and more often maybe on television watching when the judge says, this is your sentence. You have been found guilty. This is your sentence. That person standing there, will it be the death penalty? Will it be 20 years? Will it be life without parole? You know, all of that kind of thing, that's very traumatic. Everybody is concerned. Everybody's worried. And, of course, the one that is on trial is greatly concerned. But that day... We will stand before God. And let me remind you that the kings, the Bible says, will bow down before him. Every religious leader will bow down before him. Whether it's a Billy Graham or the Pope or me or Bill Cole or anybody else, we will bow before the Lord. I'm glad that mine is going to be at the other judgment. But I want you to know that Jesus is Lord. There are none like him. Nobody can take his place, not at the judgment and not at salvation. But I want you to notice also, Revelations 20 and 12, the facts will be there. Nothing but the facts. No fiction, no wanted to, no hope souls, only the facts. Revelation 20 and 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened that nobody has seen but God. In those books is recorded everything we ever did or thought about doing. It'll be there. That is a real interesting study that takes a long time to go through it. I'm going to try to hit it real quick if my time will allow it here this morning. But first of all, theologians talk about a, a book of, of, uh, of members. Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being un unformed in your book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. This is talking about the book of members, all the parts of us. We're all different. We're all one of a kind. No one is like us. We have that uniqueness, DSA, fingerprints, all that stuff. All of our members are uniquely created by God. God keeps a record of that. He knows the brain power, the eyesight, the hearing, the statue, the color of the skin, the age, all that kind of stuff. It's all been recorded. If anybody has, but I was, but see, you don't remember, and I was born here, and I had this and all that, that's all out there. Identity is established that, yes, you are the one that is being judged. Yes, you are the right person. To, that I must deal with right now. But then there's another book called the Book of the Word in Malachi 3.16. And they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. 
There is so much evidence that God has given us a desire to know him. And what has blocked you from in your pursuit to know him, that has all been recorded. It could have been a person that you turn away from God because that person claimed to be a believer. It could be that there was traumatic events happened in your life, sickness, death, loss of job, whatever it is. But the books will be accurate. They will be very, very, very clear. And the judge will be able to look into those books. Matthew 12, 36 says this, every idle word that men shall speak, they will give an account of God in judgment. Every time you damn God's name has been recorded in the book. Every word the scripture says, every time you just said something just violent, hatred, threatening, and then the next day you tell, oh, I didn't really mean that. Would you please forgive me? Well, it's been recorded. It's been recorded. We'll let the judge handle that. But what I want you to know is it has been heard and it has been recorded. What is in the well of the heart usually comes up the bucket of speech. Usually what comes out of our mouth is what's in our heart. I spent a lot of time driving the last couple of weeks. I went to, yesterday I preached at Crockett, got up at 4 o'clock and thought Saturday won't be any traffic in Houston. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Everybody doesn't go to Houston because they work down there. But I got lost a couple of times, you know, and tried to get back up on the freeway. Do you know how long you have to wait for somebody to just let a 21-foot car just get in? It's like, you know, if I'm 21 foot later, it's all over with for me. And people can get so riled up, you know, about every single thing going on. And people today just spew profanity out of their mouth. And I'm sorry, ladies, but in your gender, it has begun to be as bad as it was in the male gender 35 and 40 years ago. You have picked up on the worst habit that some men have. They just can't speak without profanity. That's all recorded, folks. That breaks the heart of God. The name is above every name. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. And men just run around and throw it out and throw it out and throw it out. And now our children and our, our ladies are coming right behind. May God forgive. Cursing, criticism, judgment, all of those things. Then the Bible says there'll be a book of tears. In Psalm 56, 8, you can tell my wanderings put you, my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Every tear that you have shed when you were hurt by sin and when you were the one that hurt others by your sin and even wept because you hurt somebody and you intended to hurt them and then you did and then the tears are there. But there was a brokenness, a sensitivity that even back in those days that you knew there's something wrong. Why am I doing this? Why do those words just blurt out? Why can't I control my tongue? All of that will be discussed. Then there's a book of deeds, Revelation 20 and 12. But I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. 
and the books were open. And another book was open, which is a book of life. The, de the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the book, according, the books, according to their works. Everything, everything is there. Even the book of thoughts, Romans 2, 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, our thoughts will be judged. Very clearly taught there. Then there's the book of influence. Those who you've influenced in your life. Let me tell you, the worst thing that'll ever happen to a lot of folks that'll have to be at that judgment will be when they get to this point right here and God Son reminds them of how many people are, are, are going to be in hell because of the life they lived. And people looked up to you. If there's anything a young person needs to learn is that I don't care who you are, somebody looks up to you. Somebody's watching you. Somebody is, is, is thinking, they, 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 they try to figure out how they want to be, look like you look. They want to talk like you talk. They want to do things that you want to do. They want to go where you want to go. All that kind of stuff. There's no exception to that. There are those that influence and impact people's lives. And one of the worst things in the world was those that said, you know, I, I not only went astray, if it was just going to be that I was going to be separated from God forever, that'd be one thing. But look at all this bunch. Look at these that saw me play football. Look at these that, that, that saw me perform. Look at these that, that ran in circles with me. And we just spent all kinds. We were in class together. We went to school together. We graduated together. We were in the same fraternity. We were in the same fraternity. And they're looking over and thinking, you know, if it wouldn't have been for that one that said they were a Christian, and we thought they were because they said they were, and they had so much charisma, so much physical appearance, maybe money, I don't know, maybe intelligence, maybe personality, but they led people with them to follow them to the judgment. But finally, there's also a book of opportunities. Whenever you stand before the judgment, if you stand there, you will be reminded of all the opportunities you had to be saved and you rejected them. Let me tell you something, folks. If we were getting a discussion, some of you real quickly asked, but what about those people that never heard about? That's what you'd want to talk about. Let's don't go there today. Let's talk about those that have heard all the time. That's, that's, a, that's the issue. What about you? God will take care of that. He's a God of mercy. Let's let him take care of that. That's for another day. But what about those that hear it? Today, there's church on every corner in America. The airways are being filled right now with preaching and gospel music and all this kind of thing all over the world. That internet has taken this signal right now all over the world and people are listening on different and watching. Let's, let's, let's let God handle this other stuff, okay? Let's, let's talk about ourselves. Where will you spend eternity? Which judgment will you be at? That's the question. Not what about them. Well, there's a judge that presides. There's a judge to participate. There's a judgment that will prove the facts as to why you're there. And then there is a justice that will prevail. And Revelation 20, 14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. A verdict is reached. A sentence is pronounced. Guilty. 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 And the angels come to take you away to the lake of fire. You know what my question to you is today? Why don't you settle it out of court? How about if you could settle it out of court for free? How about if you could settle it out of court and have a brand new life and a brand new start? How about if God, you let God take you just as you are and you don't have to make apology? He knows, he knows all the reasons, but he still loves you. Why don't you settle it now? Why would you put it off another day? The word, whosoever, is one of my favorite words in the Bible. In verse 15, it uses the word whosoever. But the Bible uses it in another place. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You want to pick it up from there? Are you ready? I'll start over. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, say it again, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Now, where don't you fit in? Are you going to say, well, Lord, you know, I saw that word whosoever, but you know, I came from this background, and I just didn't think it included me. No, 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 no. He meant whosoever. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done. No, I don't, don't want to know. Because I know the one that does, and I know he loves you unconditionally. And if you told me what you've done, I told you what I've done, neither one of us love each other. <laughs> but there is one that will love us unconditionally. Can you imagine that? You know, if I was God and somebody presented the, uh, the plan of, of salvation, how a, a person could be saved through my death on the cross and you rejected, I'd probably not ever let you hear it again. I'd think if that won't win, you know, why do you have to hear it over and over again? A little child can understand it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever will pray and ask the Lord to come into their heart, willing to turn from their sin and repent of that sin, can be saved and can be forgiven. And let me tell you something. You are adopted into the family. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and you're not down here and everybody else is up here. Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and the Pope and whoever else you want to put up there, we're right here. We all stand equal at the foot of the cross. We all stand equal at the judgment seat of Christ if we're believers. We're not being rewarded because we were good. We're being blessed because we accepted the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Revelation 22 and 17, this is my last scripture. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that hears say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will. Let him take the water of life freely. Hear me very carefully. John is writing the last 
invitation. In the 22nd chapter of Revelation, it's the last of the 66 books. We're down, to, there's 21 verses. We're at the 17th verse. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let me stop. You have three invitations here. Number one, the Spirit says, come. Who is the Spirit? The Holy Spirit. If you've ever wanted to be saved, if you ever felt a need to be saved, if you've ever thought there's got to be more to life than what I've experienced, you're invited to come. If the Holy Spirit has pointed out to you your need of a Savior and that you're a sinner, the, the Bible says, first, the Spirit says, come. Then it says, the bride says, come. Now, what's the bride? That's the church. The church is the bride of Christ. That's who we are, okay? The church invites you to come. Not the Sagemont church, but the body of Christ church invites you to come. So the church, the family of God, wants you to come. We want to adopt you in the family. We want you as our brother and sister. Then it says, if you've ever heard the gospel, and him that hears, let him come. If you've ever heard, you're invited to come. If you've ever a thirst, if you've ever wanted to be saved, you're invited to come. You know, at that point in time, and I used to hear my father say this, and I never read this, and I don't think about him and what he said. He said, here, you know, the Holy Spirit says come, the bride says come. If a person ever heard the gospel, they're invited to come. If they've ever thirsted for the gospel, they're invited to come. He said, I can see John putting down his pen. He says, well, Lord, you've made it clear that everybody's invited, haven't you? And he said, I can just hear God speaking to John. He said, no, John, pick that pen back up. There just might be somebody. They might be in a Houston, Texas in 2015. They might be watching on an Internet somewhere in the world and hear for the first time what I've just preached to you. And they may think that they weren't included in that invitation the last of over 900 invitations inviting people to come and trust Jesus as Savior. That's the last one. He said, I want you to put one more word. I want you to write, and whosoever will, let him, let them take of the water of life freely. And he said, John, when you write that down, we're going to put heaven and hell at the feet of every person, and they can take their choice but none will feel I wasn't invited. I didn't get the invitation. I don't know why I was there all day, but you didn't call. I get my mail every day, I didn't get the invitation. There's the invitation. That's either yes or no. You say, well, I'm going to pray about it. About what? Well, I'm just going to pray about it because that sounds spiritual. I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> well, what if you die today? Millions will. We don't know what another day is going to bring. This is a moment. We're not going to be like the thief on the cross. He knew he was going to die, and he said, Lord, remember me. Why don't we say it today and say, I don't know what it, I may have another few years, maybe a lot of years, and if so, I want God in my life. I want to live for God.